Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. Epistle lesson is in the first 10 verses of Romans chapter 5. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have also rejoiced in our sufferings, because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not disappoint us, because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. 
very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his Son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we also rejoice in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. This is the word of the Lord. If you can rise, we stand for the gospel. St. Matthew, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. While Jesus was having dinner at Matthew's house, many tax collectors and sinners came and ate with him and his disciples. When the Pharisees saw this, they asked his disciples, why does your teacher eat with tax collectors and sinners? On hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. Go and learn what this means. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. For I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. We continue with our hymn in 411, I Want to Walk as a Child of the Light. God's grace, mercy, and peace 
be yours today in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from both of our readings today. Let's pray. Oh Lord, bless us as we gather to open your word. Help us to see how you have worked in our lives and how we can share your love and compassion with those around us. As we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our maker and our redeemer. Amen. Well, we've started a brand new year, and uh, as we begin this new year, I wanted to take a, a few weekends and look at the, the mission, vision statement that we have and, and to get some encouragement to us from God's word. I mean, now the mission of the church is basically the same as any church, right? Uh, we get direction from Jesus at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, where he, we get this admonition from him. And Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded to you. And surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. Now, for a few years now, we've sort of crystallized that, if you will, into a, a vision statement, namely that as God's people, empowered by God's Holy Spirit, God uses us to be changing lives through worship, compassion, and Christian education. And today I'd like us to uh, sort of start in the middle there and, and to take a look at compassion as we consider this word from our Lord in Matthew chapter 9. Jesus went through all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So that's our text. In preparing for this, I came across an interesting a man that was telling an interesting story about church, the story that I read. And this is, what he, this is what he said. He said, you know, I was sitting in my car outside Schwartz's Bakery. I've got no idea where that is, uh, what town. Uh, waiting for my wife to finish shopping when I saw the strangest thing. I was watching people walking along the sidewalk when I noticed a, a poorly dressed young woman pushing an old baby carriage uh, filled with plastic bags. It was going to be empty bottles and, and drink cans and old newspapers. There was a small child that sat among the plastic bags and another child about two years old walked along beside her. Coming from the opposite direction, I, I saw somebody I knew, a smartly dressed young man, and as he passed her by, he suddenly turned around and called out something to get her attention. I couldn't hear what he said, but when she turned around, he bent over and pretended to be picking up what looked like money, a paper note. He went over to her, indicated that she had dropped the money, and quickly put it in the child's lap, and then he was gone. It was less than a month later when I saw the same young man again, and he was standing in line at the checkout at the grocery store, and standing behind a person who obviously found it hard to make ends meet. They were counting out small change to pay for the milk and bread, and I saw the man bend down, and he came up holding a 20 in his hand. He stood up, insisted that she had dropped it, and she said it wasn't hers, but the man insisted. And the man telling the story that day, he finished by saying this, when you see someone do something like this, it makes me feel like there are still people in the world who really care. The trouble is, I never really liked that man until today. <laughs> compassion. How do you define compassion? I mean, in the story I just shared, it looked at in terms of giving money to those that were in need. Uh, the dictionary says compassion is that sympathetic pity and concern for the sufferings and misfortunes of others. 
So that compassion, that feeling pity, that sympathizing with that person, acknowledging the difficulties that other person is facing, maybe even identifying uh, with that person, feeling some of that pain, maybe putting yourself in their shoes, right? Understanding something of what is happening to them and doing something maybe to help that person ease the burden or help them. Compassion will make people do some of the strangest things, right? When, when that person's heart goes out to another person in need, uh, amazing events are bound to follow. I mean, we, we can only think of a, uh, like a Mother Teresa who, whose heart went out to the poor and dying of Calcutta, or, or maybe Albert Schweitzer, who, whose compassion led him to Africa, to the leper colonies. In an amazing way, they gave everything, didn't they? They gave their lives to helping those that were in need. We read every now and then of people who put their lives at risk in order to help those victims of whether it's war or, or poverty or sickness or neglect. It was uh, in London in the 1800s, mid 1800s. There was a young doctor that was sort of locking up for the night and turning off the light and, and by the door he spotted a, a, a dirty little boy that was huddled by the door. He begged the doctor to let him stay because he had nowhere else to go. Told him that he'd been living in a coal bin with some other boys. He sort of won the confidence of that child and as the doctor uh, persuaded the boy then to take him to where those other boys were at. They went through a lot of dark alleys and, and came to a hole in a wall that was part of a factory. And when they, when they crawled through, the doctor found 13 boys huddled in a rags to keep warm. Soon after, there was an outbreak of cholera that swept through the east end of London, killing more than 3,000 people. And a lot of things that happened was thousands of orphaned children ended up on the streets. Many uh, and many others were forced to beg and after being maimed in the factories. So this doctor's heart went out to such children and he opened a home for abandoned children. And when he died, Dr. Thomas Barnardo uh, founded home, found homes for 80,000 homeless boys and girls. And so the work that started with the compassion of one for one child extended to 13 others and then grew to a crowd of over 80,000. Great examples of people who had compassion on the harassed and helpless and had given a great deal of their life and money to help. But what does compassion look like from God's perspective? Yeah, the second, the, the reading from Romans points out to us that all of us are harassed and helpless, right? Paul says, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Paul makes it pretty clear that we are helpless to do anything about our sin helpless to do anything about our feelings of guilt that come from because of the way that we live our lives. We cannot do anything to stop ourselves often from saying and doing the things that are so opposite to what God wants us to say and do. We, we are helpless when it comes to getting rid of sin in our lives and restoring our relationship with God. We don't have the power to do it, do we? We're harassed and helpless because we're sinners and there's nothing we can do about it. But that's not the end of the story, is it? God doesn't want you and me to be harassed and helpless. God has had compassion on you and me. 
His heart has gone out to us, using all, all that, uh, those definitions. His heart has gone out to us. He has had pity on us, and he has come to us, hasn't he? In the person of his son, to deal with our sin. In the reading from Romans today, Paul emphasizes the results of God's compassion. Since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? For if, when we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? God's love for us is so strong that his heart went out to us to, in such a way that he would do anything to make things right for us again. Even letting his own son die in our place, God demonstrates his own love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So our compassion is seen best in the context of God's compassion for us. We need God's compassion. In fact, his compassion led him to identify with our sin, to become his sin and, and take on himself our sins and free us from uh, the power of sin. But God's compassion is also at work through us. His compassion moves you and me to share the compassion and love of Jesus. You know, Jesus places us among people who are hungry. Sometimes they are hungry for bread. Sometimes for friendship. Sometimes they're hungry for forgiveness and restoration. Sometimes for guidance and direction. Sometimes they're hungry for understanding and encouragement. The thing is that they are all hungry. The true hunger is for the bread of life, Jesus. And there are times when we're challenged, yes, to meet the needs of food and shelter and understanding and love. And there are times when we're challenged to help them know the way of forgiveness and the eternal life through Jesus. Whatever their needs, God calls us to share the compassion and love of Jesus with our world. But you need to understand something. It's uh, God doesn't expect uh, you and me to be a Mother Teresa or Dr. Barnardo, but he does expect us to have a heart for those who are harassed and helpless, to touch the lives of those people with the good news of forgiveness, the joy of knowing a living Savior. So the compassion of love and the, is the love of God at work in us and shining through us to others. Compassion is God's love in action, isn't it? We might wonder what good we can do against so much need that we have in our world. I mean, the danger is, is when we no longer see the need. But you know, people are no different today than they were in Jesus' day. We can look in our society and easily see that people are harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. So many people that are hurting spiritually, emotionally, physically. So many people, young and old, who, who need someone to, uh, to, to take time with them to, to feel that pain, understand, their, understand them and offer them love and a helping hand. There's a huge crowd of harassed and helpless people who've never heard of the love and forgiveness of Jesus to heal the hurting conscience and would respond if they were given a chance. There are those who need to know the love and the care of the Savior who walks beside them in every trial and danger. There are those also that need to hear the tough truth from God's word about their sin and speaking that truth though in love and care, not in anger and spite. 
There's this crowd. Uh, they are sheep without a shepherd. They are harassed and helpless. And Jesus says to you and me, feed my sheep. You know, people come to pastors because the, 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 they want pastors to listen to the struggles they're going through. But the whole world can't get in the pastor's office. I mean, neither can pastors make themselves available to every person in the world. It's difficult uh, for me as a pastor to be available to every person connected to the church and the school. But God doesn't work only through pastors, does he? He also works through you. God's compassion is at work in you, and God's compassion is at work through you. We're extending God's compassion here at St. Paul. So what's that look like? It happens as we deliver food baskets to those in need. It happens as we assist a family through Joseph ministry. Or when our callers reach out to our shut-in members to see how they're doing. It happens as you bring a, a friend to church to hear the good news of Jesus. Or uh, when people come in and, and find this uh, friendly and, and welcoming place. It happens as our day school and Sunday school students reach out to various groups of people to share the love of Jesus. Or when their students uh, share what they've learned with their parents. It happens as people gather in fellowship events and find a, a group of loving people who also happen to be church people, right? It happens when our Sunday school, uh, the students go home and share what they've learned, or better yet, when the parents join them in learning during our family Sunday school time. It happens as we give of tithes and offerings, a portion of that then goes to help the church at large uh, with ministries around the world. It happens as we give of our resources, uh, like to groups like the LWML, uh, to, for, for the mission worker, crisis pregnancy centers, or redeeming life ministries, and mission work also around the world. It happens through fellowship and serving, from setting up chairs on Sunday morning, uh, to playing music at the services, to helping us live stream so people can, um, who can't make it to worship can join us here in praising God. It happens as the youth meet or when they enjoy fellowship with one another or when they work on a mission or, or a service project or just when they encourage one another in the faith. It happens when our small group Bible studies meet together to open God's word and, and pray for and encourage one another. It happens as we sit with a friend and share the hope that we have in Jesus. It happens when we share thoughts from a sermon a message or a Bible study or devotion with a friend who's struggling. It happens when we pray for all those people and more who need to know the love and forgiveness of Jesus in our lives. It happens as sometimes when we show care and concern and compassion for people we might not like or who might not like us. It happens as God uses you wherever you are to be his hands, his feet, his support and encouragement. My dear friends in Christ, you are in the world. You are God's salt and light in your family, in our church and in our community. Each one of you is a part of God's family. You, you, you've known and experienced yourself the love and compassion of God. You are just as able to share with those who are harassed and helpless, helping them in their physical needs, sharing with them what Jesus means to you, and what it means to belong to a family of God. So many in our world that are floundering, so many uh, that are in trouble and disasters in their lives, and they look for people for help. 
You know, there's that old phrase, it does challenge us, doesn't it? That you may be the only Jesus that people ever see. You may be the only one who's aware of God's compassion in the places uh, where you live and work. So God can use you to help people see the length and breadth and height and depth of God's compassion and love. You might say, Pastor, I, uh, I'm not a professional, you are, right? Uh, I can't do that, I'm just an ordinary person. That's way out of my territory. Well, if that's the case, then, then it's good that in our reading in the gospel, the calling of the disciples is immediately follows at the beginning of chapter 10. Because when Jesus picks them, there are no specific qualifications mentioned, right? Uh, you might think the gospel writer would say, Jesus chose this disciple or that disciple because of their prior experience or their, their great potential or their great spiritual insight. No, we're not told any of that. It's as if the writer almost bends over backward to assure you and me that they really weren't special in any way. Who among us here is qualified to heal a broken world and help those harassed and helpless. Not me, but God has chosen you and me to be his children, his disciples. Yes, we, we may not be qualified, but by God's grace, we've been authorized to be his disciples. And that's really wonderful when you, when, you think of, when you come to think of it because we've been claimed by God in the waters of baptism, haven't we? We come to his table and we're strengthened to, uh, at his table and, and we are forgiven and, and, and we're strengthened to go out into the world and share that love. Perhaps it is that God sees in us more potential than we see in ourselves. Perhaps God can take the things that have happened in your life and use them that you may help and encourage others. Perhaps God wants you and me to learn really to lean on him so his spirit can use us to help the harassed and helpless. Jesus seems to take delight in taking ordinary everyday people who don't have any kind of qualifications or credentials and selecting them to be his disciples and empowering them to share his love, his compassion and grace. He promises that he will give us what we need. That's one reason why we gather here, isn't it, in worship, to come close to the Savior, to be forgiven, and to be strengthened to go out into the world and share his love and compassion. And when Jesus sends us out into the world, to the harassed and helpless, to share with our dying world a, a word of salvation, to offer healing for broken people, we can, we, we only share what we have already received. We only share what we have already experienced through the power of God's love for us. God is using you and me, my friends, to be changing lives through worship, compassion, and Christian education. Compassion is that gift that we share with our world because we have first received it from our good and gracious God. So let's share that compassion and love of our Savior today and every day. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.